This episode is brought to you by Yoke and Pod to celebrate the launch of their A Book and a Bake Club. Honestly, the only thing that parallels my love of books is my love of bakes. So I'm excited about this. It's a subscription book club where you'll receive four seasonal bakes along with a secondhand book curated specifically to you. It may be a book you missed when it was released and stops us from constantly buying new releases, which you and I are definitely guilty of. Yeah. And I love the thought of getting more life out of one book with it being secondhand too. So what you do is you fill in a questionnaire about your reading taste so that the book will be chosen specifically to you. And then one week prior to delivery, you'll receive an email with the book selection just to make sure you haven't already read it. This small business have thought of everything. You can opt for monthly, bi-monthly, and there's an option to buy it as a gift for another bookworm. I would really like to receive this as a gift. Now, back to the bakes. There are four delicious choices in the box, baked fresh and suitable for freezing, just in case you don't want to eat them all at once, so you could spread them out across the whole month until the next box comes. Head to yokeandpod.co.uk and give them a follow on Instagram at yokeandpod. Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. It's what everyone is watching and what everyone is talking about, so we felt the need to discuss it too. Yes, today we are breaking down the one-day adaptation. We love David Nichols' book and have lots of thoughts about the Netflix series, so buckle in. Hello, Jess. How are you? I'm okay on this one day. How are you? <laughs> this one fine day. I did enjoy how many times they said one day throughout the series. And I was like, is this actually just a normal phrase? And I'm being like, oh, tight little show. Or did they purposely put it in the script that many times? Mm, that's a good point, actually. I only noticed it a couple of times. I think it's like when I'm reading a book and then the titles in the yeah. book really gets me going. So I think I'm just really... I think of you every time I read a book mm. and then the title comes up because I'm like, Jess would fucking love this. Love like, even it. though it makes me happy too, but I just have, like, mm. I just know that that's something that whenever you read a book, you get really excited about. So... When I read Hello Beautiful recently, when Hello Beautiful is said for the first time, it's like a really like amazing moment in the book. And then you're like, this is why it's called like I lost my mind <laughs> but anyway that's not the book we're talking about today not no and yeah do you know what I say that's not the book we're talking about today we're talking about one day which is a book do you know what with adaptations this usually doesn't annoy me so much I'm getting really fucked off by loads of people that are on my personal Instagram being like oh my god no one one day should come with a warning no one told me one day was going to be so sad and I just want to be like the book is your fucking warning read the book and it doesn't annoy me about any other adaptation when people haven't read the book but this one is really pissing me off and I don't know why yeah I've seen a load of articles like one day is based on the best-selling book I'm like were you living under a rock <laughs> like that book was everywhere for I don't know what year it came out but for a long time and yeah. then it obviously had the film yeah it's like so, people are acting like this is this brand new thing like 
my husband's colleague said to him, oh, you guys should watch one day. And it's absolutely not his cup of tea. <laughs> and so he was like, oh, my colleague said that we should watch this. And I was like, okay, so firstly, it's a book. I've read it. I've also already binged it while you were out because it's not your cup of tea. And it's like, just because there's a hot new thing on Netflix. And I'm yeah. like, oh, it's the same like obviously um sally rooney mm, normal, normal people. people it's become like it's creating that similar kind of buzz about one yeah. day which oh, yeah uh, which is why i think i'm so surprised as well because i'm like but i i don't re- i know normal people as well was also a, a book but it's become like the same level, but this book is so much older. There's also yeah. been a film and now there's a TV series. I'm just surprised it has become as big as it is. Yeah. Like it, like it's got so much media attention. Like you say, everyone on socials talking about it. Everyone's posting a picture of their reaction to the ending. Yeah. I I think actually it's interesting there that you said it's also already a film. Firstly, for listeners, Lawrence watched the film a long time ago. I haven't. I actually tried to for this episode, but I had to buy it. And I was like, I'm absolutely not buying <laughs> a film of something I've just watched and I've read. Yeah. It, I can't even believe it ever was a film. Like it's an episodic book. Of course it works as a TV series. I don't understand why there was, I guess back when the film was made, it was less fashionable to like binge series and series weren't as much of a thing. But this yeah. is- very clearly destined to be a tv series not a film definitely and also their casting for both like the the series the casting is so different and it's spot on yeah. whereas the casting for one the film they clearly were like we'll just put all our budget on this film on getting Anne Hathaway because then people are going to watch it rather than actually casting the right people. Yeah. And Anne Hathaway is so atrocious in that film. Like, mm-hmm. I think she's a great actress, but she's awful in the film. She's and not Emma. She's not Emma and she's not Northern. And she sometimes has a very bad Northern accent and sometimes doesn't. Oh, God. Uses her English, like her normal voice. It's so inconsistent. It's like so cringy to watch. Whereas I loved. Emma and Dexter in the series yeah. I think like they're obviously a lot younger um and Ambika Mod did you recognize her from this is going to hurt no because I stopped watching that because it was making me have like too many gross feelings about him when he like rips open oh really she... so I, like, I actually can't continue with this she plays the junior doctor in this is going to hurt oh, okay. who has like such a emotional journey um in in the series and I don't want to ruin it for anyone but like there's a very emotional storyline around her so I recognized her from that and I just thought that's a spot on casting yeah would you like to know who I recognized (laughs) who so Sylvie who pops up in I think it's like from episode eight onwards I was like I know that face (laughs) she is the friend in Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging who in the beginning Volibon scene says, but boys don't like girls for funniness. We used to be absolutely obsessed with that film. We just found but, it so funny. Ironically, we definitely didn't think it was good. We just were like quoting it, it all the time. It was just like full of these brilliant quotes like Zitney Spears or what? <laughs> That's literally the one I was about to use. But also, did you notice that 
her baby is called Jasmine and her yes. character is called Jazz. Right? I was. I mean, I guess that's just that these things happen. <laughs> because at first I was I like, know. hang on. But she's called Jazz in, this is a, such a sidetrack, but she's called Jazz in <laughs> Another Angus adaptation Thong. though, so maybe it's not a sidetrack. True. True. Um, she's called Jazz in Anagus Thongs and Perfect Songing. And obviously her baby is called Jasmine in One Day. And Dexter in one scene calls the baby Jazz. And she's like, she's not Jazz, she's Jasmine. And I was like, I want, I don't, I can't run. I'd love to know if that was in the book or if they've added that line in to just be like, this is yeah, jokes. I, remember. I feel like or that's she... quite on brand for the character. So I reckon, I reckon that's in the book. Must be, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Ambika apparently she's um not apparently she is a comedian, but apparently she wrote a lot of her lines herself for this film as well. Love that. Yeah. Apparently, like, like yeah, she's um the character's personality and like the jokes are very much her style of comedy as well. So it all seems very natural. Yeah, and yeah. Leo Woodall was in The White Lotus as well. So it's yeah. quite a, like, low-key casting. Not low-key, but, like, they're less... About, I think they are going to blow up now. Yeah, they are the new can... Paul Mescal, Daisy Edgar-Jones, for sure. Definitely. But I think it worked so well because they didn't come with this same, yeah. um, yeah, reference points from other films. And that's why their storyline is much more believable, I think, than the film. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I think, should we chat about it in order? Because I I basically just like made notes as I was watching it for each episode. Some of them are fucking random and I got to retain what it was that I thought at yeah. the time. My first note is, bit sad they didn't release it on the 15th of July. I feel like that was a missed opportunity. Totally agree. I hadn't thought of that. Why didn't they do that? I don't know why they didn't do that. Because everyone's on summer holiday maybe and it wouldn't get as much... I guess so and I'm you know I'm pleased to have watched it already so I didn't want to wait till July but yeah yeah I don't know maybe it'll be like rewatch it what's the day called yeah. since Smithens Day Smithers Smithens yeah since Smithens Day just like them saying it so many times um and it also because I recently recorded uh bad choices by Lucy Vine to my friend and then we were discussing it and discussing one day. And I was like, oh my God, you know, it's like, it's similar. And if you, we've talked about the book on the podcast before, but it's about two friends that have the same birthday. And so you come back to the characters like each year on their birthday. And it's a bit like one day in that, like we always come yeah. back to them on this same day over time. Over the years. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. Actually. And they're both fabulous books. And I think as well, like the fact that this, because I wasn't sure if, I was actually a bit confused about why they made a series when there's already been a film and a book. I totally get it now that I've watched the whole thing, like it needed to be redone. Um, but I'm so I I was worried like that they were, or I thought they were going to modernize it mm. a bit more, and maybe that's why they've now done this series. Um, but it's still set in 1988, yeah. and I think that's partly why people have really become drawn to the series as well because it's like absent of so much tech and like yeah. they don't have phones, they don't have texting, they write letters to each other. And I think there's a huge part of it that people have just maybe like fallen in love with the the romance of how simple 
it it was yeah and i think also the soundtrack oh my god it's cracking and i'm sorry i don't know if you've heard the recent top 40 shit has hit the fan right so in the top 40 is um what should be gangsters in paradise but is now some song by ella henderson with the same tune it's also what used to be sway but is now michael buble and jason derulo and there's definitely another one it's like they're just turning old songs into new trash and i'm just like the end of the world is fucking nigh man and this is the first sign i mean obviously People have run out of also the signs, but yeah and i honestly when watching this i was like the good old days of new music <laughs> was yeah. actually new and wasn't just gangsters paradise yeah. picked up into ella henderson's new song like so i think all that nostalgia we needed yeah. it yeah totally Free. Um, in the first episode, one of my notes, I have to admit, I wasn't sold from watching the first episode. Mm. I was a little bit like, there is zero chemistry between these characters. What the fuck? And warmed to them throughout the series. But one of my, like my first note from the first episode is, um, where's the chemistry question mark exclamation mark mm. um, because it's just so unbelievable isn't it like that these t- that they would ever have paired together but I think also maybe that's the magic of this series as well because in today's day they would have met on a dating app they both would have swiped left and that would have been the love story there was one there was none whereas mm. this they met in real life and For they me. got to know each other it's more, and I think it comes from that initial spark. I'm like, oh, why did you stay in touch? Yeah, that's like, what I, I mean. Kind like, of get my babe. Maybe she went. They went back to each other's and whatever. Blah blah blah. And maybe like went on a walk the next day. But for me, I'm like, why did you stay in touch? <laughs> and and why did you like what? Where was the connection at mm. the ball or the the graduation ceremony or whatever? They literally just look at each other on the dance floor go their separate ways yeah. and then Dexter from that moment is like I like w- wants to like chat to her and take her for a drink and whatever like but nothing happened and then their conversation is like pretty like standard yeah yeah luckily the rest of the series picks up <laughs> yeah but I did think it just got me thinking about how this the start of this book being the end of uni is just so fucking perfect because they're yeah. all like big dreamy. And so it means that like when you see Emma working in a shit Mexican restaurant yeah. and you, you're like, oh, you had all these hopes and dreams like yeah. two episodes ago or whatever it is. I don't know. Just like maybe seeing it visually. Yeah. Hit home a bit more. And had they had it been like during uni, I wouldn't have had those same feels because during uni, they're just like maybe there for a laugh. They're studying a bit, you know, so. Yeah, I made that same note um, after I think episode three or four. And I put it covers a period in life in which people can really relate to you too. And it's that early, your early 20s where you don't really know who you are yet and you're still figuring out your personality and what's important to you. And you can really sort of see how they, their personalities change throughout each yeah. episode particularly for Dexter it's more obvious because he's like you know he rises to he's fame like the and... rails are on the rails. yeah exactly yeah. is he got his shit together is he not got his shit together and like he has a bit more of a chaotic arc whereas Emma like you say like you she's got such big dreams in that first episode where 
she goes back to Dexter and Dexter's house and then like and she's like so motivated like but, but what do you want to do when you when you graduate like what do you want to be and she has some big dreams and then you see her working in a Mexican restaurant and you're like oh yeah you feel for her yeah definitely and I can't remember what episode that was now but uh, yeah it must I think it must be around episode three because I've got here episode four is in Greece ah uh, yeah did you like a that lot. I loved being in a new location with them yeah and my note here is about Emma and her having wet hair in the sea mm. and like she doesn't look like this sexy bombshell with wet hair in the sea she looks like a really normal girl with wet hair in the sea like you're maybe not particularly attractive and then like later on on the balcony she's just like wearing a big t-shirt and I was like I love this so much makes me enjoy her and this relationship and everything so much more than if she looks amazing (laughs) I don't know yeah and she's wearing like just a one-piece swimsuit that's practical and yeah yeah. It's very her. She's practical. She wants comfort. And and I think as well, like the book and the series, it it is it falls, it follows the trope of like gorgeous boy falls in love with like very low-key normal girl. And people love that in in books don't they and it really worked well in the series as well yeah there's like you say it's not an Anne Hathaway like it's not a a, your very stereotypical um actress who's you know red carpet glamorous glamour that's it exactly she's very like normal yeah we're saying the word normal my note here was that it's not like normal people because I watched the whole of normal people completely in awe of Daisy Edgar Jones's fringe and just like she just looked amazing in every single scene like even like their swimming pool scene or whatever I was just like what the fuck like mm. this girl is amazing and I liked it more like this <laughs> despite being completely in awe of her fringe I don't know I was just like yeah I like that this is this way this needed to happen because I guess in normal people there is romantic connection the whole way through whereas in this they are friends yeah and it does grow and so of course she just she's like I'm going hold on my friend I don't need to be sexy yeah exactly but I think that's where you start seeing in Emma oh yeah how her feelings for Dexter are starting to to build even though I think it's the scene where they're like playing a game or on the balcony and they tell each other a secret and Emma's secret is I used to have a big crush on you yeah. and Dexter is like but this game is about secrets I I knew yeah. that which is heartbreaking and then you spot there's that scene where she like spots him in the shower or something yeah and you just see that look in her eye where you're like oh she's got feelings for him yeah still not a secret <laughs> not a secret <laughs> But what is nice is how each episode, it like their their feelings towards each other change a lot. And like some episodes, you can start to see that Dexter has feelings for Emma, but yeah. Emma doesn't have feelings for him, and then vice versa. Yeah. Um, which I guess is what what keeps the story going. Yes. Yeah. Well, episode six, I've written here, Dex remembering her show at school. I found that to be very sweet at school she's putting on a performance of Oliver or something and Dex calls 
the head teacher's phone to wish her luck. And I think it's it, it's actually the same day as his first night on live TV. And I was like, Wee, yeah. that's so cute. <laughs> that is cute. Like, even Especially- though she's so busy and glamorous and like could forget about he's like no I know that she has an important day-to-day as well yeah I guess because he is so that is quite an out of character yeah thing for him to do it just it's it proves even more that Emma's really special to him yeah and also his mum knew how special Emma was from when yeah he met her before before she died and I think as well, that's a huge part of why Dexter knows that Emma's mm. good for her, for him. Yeah, because yeah. his mum knew. And on that, where the fuck is Emma's family? They're on the phone to her boyfriend at one point. They're mentioned a lot. They're on the phone to Jazz in the future. Yeah. Where the fuck? <laughs> good point. That would have been not nice. there. I think we're going to have, this is going to have to be a spoiler episode, right? Where there's no point in skirting around what happens at the end. Yeah, you wouldn't so listen to this. If you're if you listening it. and you haven't watched it or read it, tune out now, now and then come back to us. But where the fuck are they when she dies? Solid point. That's never there. Where they all meet up. Yeah. And the fucking ex boyfriend's there, but yeah. not family. Really good anyway, point. we'll get to that episode. But I just thought they're like, they're mentioned loads of times, but we never yeah. actually see them. Did we need to? I guess maybe we didn't because it does work without. But these yeah. are my thoughts. Yeah, I don't think they're mentioned in the book and they're not in the film either. Um, And I think that's what... They have kept the storyline very true to the book. There's nothing in here I don't think that doesn't happen in the book or the film. Yeah, I can't quite remember. But yeah, it didn't feel like anything was like brand new information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Episode seven. It starts with a scene and my note here is... She's writing a novel and she's using the delete button as a backspace. Did this used to happen back in the day? Because we all know that delete actually like deletes what's to the right yeah. of the cursor, not the left. But she's pressing delete. And there's also a backspace button. She's pressing delete and it's getting rid of the text. What? What? How? Sorry? No, I didn't. I didn't notice that. It was blowing my mind. I was like, it definitely doesn't work. Like I've tried it on my laptop since. So yeah, I delete. caught them out. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> My other note for episode seven was a hard, hard relate in that Emma receives a compliment and she immediately replies with the price of the piece of clothing, which is what I do. Yeah. And he actually calls her out on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so actually that's a big one for them, isn't it? Where they fall out. I haven't even written about the falling out because my other notes about the delete button and the compliments was clearly so important. But that's it was, a big one. It was so hard to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. And is that the one where they're in the restaurant yeah. and she's like reading her book at the table because he just keeps going off and like you really feel for her because you can see that he just doesn't think she's a cool person to be around anymore and there's more interesting people to be around and he's very much like just put her in this box of my sensible friend who never will do anything exciting and wouldn't want to go to this after party with me and actually even if she would doesn't want her to go because he might she might hold him back and your heart really wrenches for Emma because 
But it's the same episode where he comes back, like she like scoffs at something like slightly smart that he says. And he's like, see, you're always, tr- you're always making me feel like I'm really yeah. stupid and I could never be as clever as you. And then like she does it quite a few more times. And I was like, shit, do you know what? She actually does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they're both as bad as each other yeah. because they're both putting expectations on the other person without yeah they're, they're like foreseeing what the other per like getting the other person to fall into the box that they have put them in in their own minds if that makes yeah. sense um but that was a really hard scene to watch it's also the scene where she's like oh no no it's not about the phone where she's like I will never get a mobile I think phone. it is in that episode though is it because it's the next episode my thing here episode eight says Nokia with loads of exclamation marks so <laughs> I think episode seven is where she says it and yeah. then we see her get a phone yeah a Nokia a Nokia 360 and recently my sister sent me a meme of like no one has ever been as redundant as a phone case for a Nokia 3210 remember those like clear cases that people used to swipe and that you could yes. press the buttons through like honestly not needed that thing was indestructible do you know what I've got memories of like like mechanics using those over their phone because they'd have like greasy fingers <laughs> and their phones would like be covered in like oil and and dirt. What a time. Uh, it was iconic. I wonder if that made them waterproof. You know, you can now get those like bags for iPhones. Yeah. Or maybe were they just already waterproof because they were that great? Probably. Probably. You know, no one would putting no one put their phones in bowls of I- rice back mm. then, didn't they? No, I guess it more wasn't. fragile didn't have as um, much important stuff on it it was like snake and a couple of numbers what do you want not worth saving it was 10p to send a text oh the good old days you should be so careful with what you were saying because you could only say so much <laughs> in certain characters and yeah. um, what did you think of emma's boyfriend because also this is the episode i forget his name ian is- ian my other note is episode eight ian really good in this episode <laughs> Because it's when he's he's got a thing on that night, right? They've broken and up. In episode In episode eight, she's broken up with him and he comes back into the flat and he's raging with her. Oh, I thought that was the next episode. No. Episode eight, he's really angry and he's like, What is going on? And at this point, because that's why she has the phone, because she's sleeping with the head teacher and he's given her sure. the phone. And so then she says to him, all right, I'm sleeping with the head teacher. And he's like, oh, good one. <laughs> and he is just absolutely brilliant. He's so good at being scared and angry with her that I almost felt a bit scared watching it. Yeah. And then he like comes around and he does that. I just thought, oh my God, this guy's yeah. absolutely brilliant. Get him an Oscar. Believe this whole performance. He's great mm. at being lovely and scary and awkward when they're first dating. I yeah. Shout out to Ian. Yeah, he was very annoying in the first episode. Like, just like his journey of like wanting to be a comedian, I just find so icky. Is that but, because uh, of reading good material, do you think? Quite possibly, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, I hadn't made that connection, but you're right. I just found it so icky. And then, yeah, you're right. In this episode was actually, ironically, when I started to like him, even though he was being an absolute dickhead like like going into the flat letting himself in when she's out even though they don't live together anymore but again found it so sad when emma was like i never wanted any of this i was never happy with you like oh fuck like you feel so bad for ian like you know it's true yeah but you just feel so bad for ian because imagine 
you've broken up with somebody who is the love of your life. Yeah. And he, Emma is the love of his life. Or at least at that point in time. And then that person tells you, I never, I, I was never happy. I, I never wanted to be here. Yeah. That is like, I was like, I know it's true, Emma, but like, hold it back. Lie to him. Tell him, you know, keep them happy like this poor, poor baby. Your mum loves him. Not that we've ever met her, but. I know. That's wild, isn't it? Um, and then no, also episode eight. So that's happening in Emma's life that she's broken up with Ian and is technically available again. But this is the episode where we meet Sylvie slash jazz from Angus songs. And <laughs> it's the episode where Sylvie takes him back to her rich family's house and they play Moriarty. Chokes. <laughs> I'll leave that I there. Mean, <laughs> you just see it happening. And also like just how cruel her brothers and her family is towards Dexter. Yeah. I think for the first time in the film, he's not this, like the, the um, he's not on this pedestal that everybody else like idolizes him no. and thinks amazing and his fame and is- And he's incredible. sober. And he's sober and his parents, her, her parents and brothers just absolutely rinse him. Yeah. And it's, I think it's his first like reality check of being like, oh, there are more important things in life than fame. And he's spent, spent so much time and energy into becoming famous and like hanging his identity on being yeah. this, being famous and putting your, his validation in the hands of others. And this episode is like a real grounding experience for him. And he also like nearly breaks his girlfriend's nose in front of her family. So bad, so unnecessarily violent. Um, I think I watched that episode and I obviously just like totally was so wrapped up in it that I forgot the book or something. But I was just like, oh, this girl is not the girl for you. Her family awful. She's actually quite mean to you as well. But then episode 10 is my next note. I clearly didn't care for anything in episode nine is when they're at the wedding. And I was like, she's absolutely lovely she's like talking to everyone and like when Emma's giving a speech she's like she's brilliant and I was like yes Sylvie yes she is welcome awesome yeah. yeah and so, yeah. um yeah you sort of see like actually it's very out of character for um Dexter to be with somebody who is He's got their head screwed on and is yeah. actually good for him. That's not Emma. And I think up until that point, you were kind of like, oh, she's going to just be the filler girl. Yeah. Like there's nothing serious going on here. And then you see actually he's she's really good for him. You're like, oh, shit. So maybe if you didn't know the book, you might be like, oh, so they are going to like Emma and Dex are off the table then because jazz is great. Yeah. And that wedding... Firstly, I watched it and, I, and then within a few seconds, I was like, that's Hatfield House. Googled it. It was Hatfield House. Yeah. Point to me. <laughs> um, is when they see each other for the first time since their big bust up in episode yeah. seven. Or eight, and she seven. looks great in that red dress. Yeah. She gives that amazing speech. And then that yeah. speech includes what the book opens with. That Shakespeare, is it Shakespeare? Whatever that quote is. Yeah, because I went to the book and I was like, oh shit. So they included that in her speech at the wedding. Oh, that's so sweet. That thing about one day and whatever. Yeah, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, loved that. 
um and yeah killer speech and then that's when they see each other for the first time and then they go for a little chat together and that's when we find out that he's getting married really soon because it's a shotgun wedding and now i was like but even though i'd read the book it's like such a mic drop for me do you know what the mic drop for me was though was when they kissed yes because i didn't remember that happening in the book and then i thought oh my god maybe this is where they're now going to change the whole plot line (laughs) because they've just kissed but then dexter goes on to say i'm getting married and i'm having a baby i just thought that kiss was weird there i think they kiss after that yeah it could have been after that but either way i think it's weird that yeah, that, that which makes it, yeah. it's like oh you've just announced that you're setting up a happy family what are you doing on both because emma says i've i've missed you yeah which i was like mm, of course you have yeah but also as well like emma like really breaks I think she gets bored of herself always like trying to be the the um the goody two-shoes and this is like at this point in the storyline is when she starts like making a bit of chaotic decisions that maybe she should have made when she was at uni or graduated uni but instead she used those formative years to like really play by the book and then started acting out when she was a bit late and having an affair with a married man pissing Dexter when he's just announced he's getting married and so on um but I really liked that for her because I I was like okay this is how she's now coming into her own because she's clearly not happy she needs to do some quite disruptive things to like get her life on track again yeah yeah well and then the next episode is when Dexter's world falls apart yeah it's so sad and is it you're like oh they've all everything's going really well yeah and everyone's really happy and then the next episode you're like oh okay reality check yeah so episode 11 he has the baby and him and jazz are living in a fixer-upper jazz is that poor woman she's like run ragged and I was like I was like this is such a believable performance yeah and then she goes out for the night for a work event and Dex is holding the baby. And as someone that's not broody, I was like, oh my fucking God, that little heavenly angel in his arms. He holds it in this way where the baby's like leaning back, but is asleep, but is grabbing onto his arm. And I texted my sister being like, sorry, episode 11 did that not make you so broody? <laughs> I won't I won't say her reply, it's kind of rude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I could like feel the baby's soft fuzzy cheek. Mm. And then... We see what I nearly called her jazz. What Sylvie is actually up to, and she's having an affair, which with the well, he's a friend of Dexter's, and Dex he's also Dexter's boss. He gave they her, met at the wedding. They met at the wedding, and he offered Dexter a job then working in his shop. Like I can't remember cafe, what kind of cafe kind of restaurant. Um, so Dexter has gone from celebrity well-known celebrity on everyone's screens to working uh in a in a restaurant very much at the bottom of the chain um which made me think like because there's a scene when they're in jazz and jazz (laughs) sylvie (laughs) when sylvie and the guy she's having an affair with are in the hotel room and he says to her like i've already done so much for this guy I've given him a job what more what else can I do for him 
And that makes you think like, oh, has their affair been going on since then? Since before they even got married? Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm. Don't know. Yes. Or he's always loved her back then. And that's yeah. why he gave Dexter the job. But it did make me think like, maybe they've, maybe this is a long-term thing. Yeah, well, because sometimes we don't jump one year at a time. Sometimes it's a few. So, for example, yeah. the next episode, episode twelve, we don't actually see the destruction of the marriage or how that all comes out. Mm-hmm. We see him and he's going through a divorce and he's getting the train to Paris to meet Emma there. So, I guess yeah, we could have jumped a few years, or yeah, a certain period of time where things are escalating. So, episode twelve, loved it. Emma's in Paris and she's dressed very smart. Her hair is done very nice, and I've written. They've changed her hair and her dress sense. Yeah. But neither of them have aged. And when I was chatting about this with my friend, I was like, my one negative about the whole series is that they don't age and it makes it less believable. Like they change her hairstyle to be maybe a bit more mature. They do fuck all to him. Why don't you like make him grow a beard or something at least? And they do that in the film actually. And they and and the main character grows a beard so that he's very baby faced at the beginning yeah I had this exact same thought like the reason it's not believable for me is because they are they just look like babies I don't know how old they are but they are early 20s aren't they like 25 max yeah maybe older but they are people that look young and yeah yeah, in the final episode where there's like flashbacks of them all I'm like this has not helped no because you look these could have been taken all these flashbacks could have been the same week and you're trying to make me believe that they're across like 20 30 years yeah and I think it's like for me really icky I don't know why but in films where they cast someone a bit older yeah and then when it's actually I feel like this watching um Nightingale Lane (laughs) that was two (laughs) books in one there at Firefly Lane I feel a bit icky when like it throws back to them as teenagers and they're like they look exactly the same as they do now, but like they're slightly airbrushed mm-hmm. on screen, and there's like a, a Paris filter on all of them. I'm like, oh, but at them. least they tried. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just think all they needed to do was like, like maybe slightly grey Emma's hair, give him some more mm-hmm. stubble. Like, it could have added some wrinkle, like some sort of makeup, and it just yeah. it also would have made it more romantic in a way that like oh it's taken them all this time but now they're together but that doesn't come through as much as you want it to because they look the exact same as they did 10 episodes ago I know yeah a shame a shame (laughs) my one negative and that that wasn't really not releasing yeah not releasing (laughs) yeah um okay so episode 12 they're in Paris you said you loved it have you got any additional thoughts yeah, I, I loved it. I loved Emma's flat. Yeah. Um, I was like, there's no way she can afford this. Absolutely not. She's written one book at this point as well. Um, and I I loved it because she's she's not moved there permanently, has she? She's only gone there for a, mm. a little bit. I can't remember the reason why. Like, I think it's just because she's always wanted to. There was a link to the book. Oh, but okay. I can't remember why. Um, and she's writing her second book and it's um children's books that she's writing. And again, I think like Ian played a big role in her coming to write books because mm. you know, like that scene where he goes a bit off the rails 
and he's reading all of her journals and he's like you're so good like a lot of it is about Dexter but he's like you you're so talented and he's envious of her talent as much as anything and I think that is the catalyst that she needed to then be like do you know what I need to stop I'm holding myself back I'm like complaining that I'm working as a teacher and I didn't make it as a writer and blah 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 and it's like that scene I think where she realizes actually it's all it's like it's no one else's fault but her own and so seeing her in Paris for me it was like oh great like she's living like she's signing Dex's book yeah. yeah like she literally had to change locations put herself somewhere else and start fresh and um I didn't like that they like she I didn't like the way they dressed her. I thought that was kind of unbelievable. Like she's a writer. She's not a lawyer. Exactly. Um, But like the fact that she had like a French boyfriend and um, jealous, uh, Dexter gets jealous. Like I just, I really liked that, that whole scene. And then that's when they come together. Yeah. She sacks off the boyfriend. I thought, yeah, she felt really bad for him, even though we're supposed to be rooting for Dexter. She, and she pretends she had um, tonsillitis to go and to go back and see Dexter. Yeah, she thought it was really sweet. Yeah, and then they're back in the UK, and we see how their relationship is, and Dexter's starting a new business venture, and she's helping him with that, and we see how they co-parent and how she is as a stepmom. Then this pissed me off. She looks after actual jazz. And that evening is like, I want a baby. And I was like, you're fucking dumb. You should have been there when fake jazz Sylvie was run ragged. Like, you think you want one because you've looked after an eight-year-old for a day. Okay. I know. <laughs> okay. You're going to get yeah, really was, awakened in love. It was a bit unbelievable, but I get why they've done it that way. So the storyline makes sense. Yeah. So that, But yeah, like, like you say, like, spending a day with an eight-year-old and then being like I want a baby now like it doesn't happen like that um or I think it does and it's fucking dumb yeah (laughs) people they're like oh I love your little life this will be okay yeah um so I was I was I was I was like Emma come on you're a normal you're you think with your head what are you doing what episode number was this that this is episode 13 I've written once a baby after one day yeah but and then 14, there are 14 in total, right? So it's, yeah, so it's episode 13 where it ends yeah. badly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so annoying because 12 and 13 were probably my favourite yeah. of all of the um, episodes because yeah. they finally get to be together. And we see when they're like, like together for real, exactly. not just as friends. And, it's like give the people what they want and then <laughs> you barely had a chance to enjoy it and then the final episode is that uh, final scene is just it's yeah. all destroying and it reminded me so obviously I knew it was coming this time but when I read the book I genuinely didn't know it was coming no neither and I was livid it's just <laughs> how um harsh the scene is filmed as well because yeah up until that point it's almost like this they're floating and like I love the way it's filmed it just feels so fluid and like dreamlike and she she they're believing each other's voice smiles 
Exactly. And you see that Dexter's got his cafe and like Emma really believed in him and was the person that like really said, like, I believe you can do this. It's going to be hard, but I believe you can do it. And, and they... to that point, the dad says, if Emma believes in it, I believe in it. Yeah. And they've like his dad and him have finally like reached a point mm. where they are amicable to each other. And like there's they're they're working on their relationship again and then they're about to go and view a house that they think is perfect for them. Even though you had like the start of the episode with a really difficult, difficult scene of Emma finding out that she's not pregnant. Yeah. Like they've been trying. And despite having that sort of moment where they like sort of spit at each other, the end of the episode is so beautiful and they leave she leaves him that um, incredible voice note and then bang quite voice mail because voice notes weren't about then <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm just yeah. so gen z yeah <laughs> and so episode 14 is a real real tearjerker because actually that scene wouldn't make you cry you'll yeah. be like oh my god and then yeah. it's episode 14 where we see dex in his grief crying on the bed and Ian comes back Ian made me weep <laughs> love Ian <laughs> and his and her family are nowhere to be seen none okay. not, not a note from them um and oh my god so at the end that final episode ends with an acknowledgement to Justin Ely so I looked into it was like in loving memory of Justin Ely so I did a quick google and there's not tons of information but Justin leaves, but he he died in the last like year. He edited the show, sorry. So it's like the last thing he worked on, and then he died, and he leaves behind a wife and a partner. And I just thought, oh my fucking god, that that wife <gasps> is gonna watch his last project, and then it ends really sadly with a loved one dying. And I was like, I need to find Justin's wife and make sure she's okay. And make sure she doesn't watch this for at least a couple years. Yeah, because obviously you'll want to watch like the last thing he worked on, um, but it, it could imagine if the last thing was like Toy Story. You know, it's not the same as something as sad as this. That would be devastating. Yeah. Poor, poor woman. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's sweet that they dedicated it to. Yeah. Him. That's really nice. Yeah. Well. Um, well, David. Actually, this is why it's come out now. <laughs> David Nichols got a new book. Yeah. So I was actually just looking up what it's about and it is another love story. Shall I get this? It's called You Are Here. You Are Here with a fun cover with like a map pointer. Okay. So the plot is Marnie is stuck, stuck working alone in her London flat, stuck battling the long afternoons and a life that increasingly feels like it's passing her by. Michael is coming undone. Reeling from his wife's departure, increasingly reclusive, taking himself on long, solitary walks along the moors and fells, when a persistent mutual friend and some very English weather conspire to bring them together, Marnie and Michael suddenly find themselves alone in the most epic of walks on the precipice of a new friendship. But can it survive the journey? Well, I'm going to find out. <laughs> That's just going to be reading it. Sign us up. Um, when does it come out, Jess? think it's out no no i've lied april yeah um there's quite a few books coming out in april that i'm looking forward to actually um we'll save them for another day because we've been rambling forever yeah but one (laughs) final note is did you see reese's book club have announced 
they yes. are um adapting romantic comedy is that what you're gonna exactly, say exactly adapting yeah. romantic comedies so we've got another rom-com to look forward to that's gonna be, i mean it will take a while i'm sure but that yeah. is gonna be so good on screen cannot wait and i was like are they going to cast pete davidson <laughs> i hope they do much for listening if you enjoyed today's episode like subscribe leave a rating and review it costs you nothing but it genuinely means the world to us and don't forget to share our podcast with your reading buddy because they might like to listen as well and if you don't already then follow us on instagram at book recos for funnily enough more book recommendations see you next week we'll be here